Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Join us for this segment, Missy Clifton, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. So, keep it going. This is Dwight Yoakam, and I did not realize this, but he and I are basically the same age. And I remember when he put out his first album, I was living in Houston in 84. It was called Guitars, Cadillacs, and Hillbilly Music. Since then, he's had a very prolific career. He was born like a week and a half before I was born in 1956 in Pikeville, Kentucky. I was born in November 4th of 56 in Harlan, Kentucky. I felt a kinship with him for years, even though I couldn't explain why. And now I kind of know. but he didn't go straight into the country music business in Nashville. He really started out kind of with the Buck Owens crowd in Bakersfield, California. And then that's the type of sound he developed. But anyway, this I was driving through the woods of north central Tennessee uh, just a couple of days ago. And I heard this song on a little AM radio station coming somewhere from Barron County. And then the next thing they talked about was the Fountain Run Barbecue. That's in Fountain Run, Kentucky, which is, I know it's close to a town called Gamaliel, which is just over the Tennessee line or the Kentucky line from Tennessee, not far from Red Boiling Springs, Tennessee. So if anybody's familiar with that part of the country, I'm thinking that's Barron County. It's either Barron or Metcalf and kind of, you know, West Central Kentucky. That's Dwight Yoakam. What a guy. I mean, he's been in movies. He was in Sling Blade. Uh, you know that movie? Who was yes. the star of that movie? See if you can come up with it. Billy. Help he was married to Angelina Jolie. That's who I'm thinking of. And it is, what was his name? I can see his face, but I can't think of his name. Some people call it Kaiser Blade. I call it Sling Blade. What's his name? 
Billy Bob Thornton. I got the Billy part. You were acting like it wasn't even Billy. That, some, of them, some of them calls it a, a Kaiser blade. I call it a sling blade. So I, you don't I was on to it. And then there's a little boy. It's set out in Arkansas that uh, befriends him. And, uh, you know, he's got intellectual challenges. So, anyway, what a fascinating world we live in. All right, I've got uh, a psalm to read. Everyone should read the psalms. You should read them when you're down and you're feeling like it can go no lower, or you can read them when you're high and exuberant and you feel like things can get any better. Just real quick, you know, we had a caller that uh, just called today. They wanted to know the psalm that you read last Saturday, and I had to, I had to get on the I radio had tab. It had to get on the radio tab and wait for you to say it, and then I had I to call Psalm her. thirty-two. Psalm thirty-two. That's right. All right, this is Psalm 53. King James, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they and have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. God looketh down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand, that seek God. Every one of them is gone back. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Have the workers of iniquity no knowledge, who eat up my people as if they eat bread? They have not called upon God. Then were they in great fear, where no fear was. For God hath scattered the bones of him that encampeth against thee. Thou hast put them to shame, because God hath despised them. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. When God bringeth back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall re rejoice and Israel shall be glad. Now, you know, the history of Israel, if you've ever read the Old Testament, and there's, an in, there's a way to do it that's not as hard. If you go on YouTube, you can find every book of the Bible Recorded and read by a guy named Alexander Scorby, S-C-O-U-R-B-Y. It's in the Old Test. It's in the King James Version. But the guy was an actor with a kind of a slightly British accent, and he reads Scripture extremely well. And it's a great way, if you just don't want to sit and read it, you can listen to it. I've listened to it for literally hundreds of hours, and it seems like when you hear it, it kind of enters your mind differently than when you read it. Some people are better listeners than they are readers. I think I'm one of those. I, I do better with the hearing of things. So anyway, all right. So our former president, Donald Trump, you know, I don't think that the people in the broadcast business, I don't think their cumulative IQ is as high and certainly not higher than the people that they are supposed to be informing about what's going on because CNN, which is way left of center, decides, oh, it might be a good, guy, good thing to have a town hall featuring Donald Trump with nobody there to counter him but poor little Caitlin Collins who's probably in her 30s. 31. Yeah, and not that she's not, 
you know, uh, competent, but she was outclassed. Yeah. She goes up and, and she was sneering and, and, and it just showed her stupidity. It was such a fiasco. And now CNN all the way to the top. And I mean, not just Chris Lick top. I mean, David Zaslav top. They're owned by Warner Brothers Discovery. It's this company we're very, very, very familiar with. And CNN is just a part of the problem there, but it is a problem. Even David Zaslav, he was, you got Chris Licht, the top people all taking heat for having given Donald Trump the stage. And what fools, what did you expect? You expected Trump to be different? And then you have the Anderson Coopers and the uh, uh, the guy with Mika, uh, uh, you know. Ah, it's so scary. This is the most chilling thing we've ever seen. We're absolute. Can you believe he tried to destroy our democracy? Well, you know, and then there's and the really left wingers are saying, "Why did you give him a frigging?" Um, podium you know why 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 and that is a really good question that is a very 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 good question i don't know why they did it but missy has a theory i think it's all one words ratings <laughs> that's why we're talking about this remember it's it was really it was supposed i think you're absolutely dead on go it ahead it was supposed to be 90 minutes and and it did get cut 20 minutes short uh so it was only 70 minutes what did they just say we're punting here we're gonna <laughs> they, cut it they off couldn't take it anymore well and you know and by the end of that 70 minutes it looked more like a trump rally than it was an audience isn't that amazing and so, they curated the audience exactly. they made they made sure they I had lots of different kind of people in there that cnn handpicked the audience and it was just you know and they 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 hit on every topic um and it was i think live is great it's dangerous. I, I have live to, is dangerous. Yeah, live is dangerous. But it's great because there's no time to edit Trump's responses. That's right. And and he was he was he 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 went for the jugular on many subjects. <laughs> what did they think he was going to do? I, don't I mean, my I don't lord! Know. See, I I that I, is the most inane thing. They should all lose their jobs. I agree. I think they really screwed up. I I'm but. I kept having to ask myself the one question that was bothering me, which was, is this all just a, is the whole CNN town hall, that whole premise, just a smokescreen for the other thing that was being talked about that practically got no coverage at all, which was the press conference on the Biden's family's business schemes? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm, going to, let me just say this, James Comer is going to need to hire a better publicist there something he's not gaining traction i don't know if it's the kentucky twang now i'm not saying that he's not a good guy and i like james i ran into him in frankfurt the other day in the uh at the cattleman's steakhouse james is a good old guy from metcalf county or you know uh monroe county uh somewhere down there um but if you listen, everything that's done now, that's if you're going to grab any attention, it's got to have ratings, you know, 
he needs to find a way to get that message out there better than what he's doing. Well, I actually did take the time to watch, and I have to tell you, one of the most impassioned speakers that I really enjoyed watching was Byron Donalds, represent, you know, Representative Byron Donalds from Florida. Yeah. Really, really well-spoken. And this, of course, again, was on the, the, House, the House Oversight Republicans press briefing on the Bidens. And, you know, he talked, he, he was very, he was, he was extremely forward in using the words that grab people, which were hiding shifting webs of shell companies that the Bidens have had clearly 16 companies were created when Biden was a vice president, 16 companies. He said, this is a family that has gained in politically favored dealings. Well, the reason somebody like a Mitch McConnell doesn't want to push too hard on that is it's happened on the Republican side also. I mean, the Bidens have just been very egregious about As a about, sitting vice president, 16 yeah. companies, and now they're already up to 20 and growing. And, and Tom, what you have to understand is none of these companies serve any business purpose. No. None of them serve. They, they don't have the, the, we are creating blank. They're just moving money. Yeah, they're, they're a receptacle for funds. Exactly. And and uh, it's a shakedown thing. And listen, our country has been through periods of horrible uh, graft. And I mean, we've had guys back in the 1800s as president that were just like a Ulysses S. Grant. I mean, he. You know, he was this Civil War. He wasn't to me because I'm a I'm a Southern sympathizer with everything that goes along with it, and um, so. But I admire Grant as a soldier because one thing that Grant did was realize that you just had to keep throwing men at it. I mean, it was it was bad. It was a meat grinder. But when he came out of it, he was a very popular guy in the North. The South couldn't really vote at that point. They uh, basically appointed him president. He was elected, but and then it's like he was done. He did. He wasn't up to the job of being a um, an executive. And so what happens is all these unsavory people that are positioning themselves for personal gain get around him, and they do whatever they want to do. Now, do you think Biden, Joe Biden, is in any shape to watch whose hands are getting in the cookie jar? In his administration, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's just a, a field day. And um, there's, there's I keep going back to it. There's a line in the movie, um, The Sting, where Paul Newman is talking to Robert Redford, and he's talking about how Chicago used to be, uh, which would have probably been back in the 20s at that point. And he said, to be a citizen meant you were corrupt in other words nobody was nobody was clean it's just like the bible verse that i just read you know we're dealing with a a country now where it's tough to find clean people that's not to say there aren't any well uh, financial professionals do your job if if there is irrefutable evidence that you know if, if, if the checks and balances the financial statements of the Bidens, which, of course, and you, you mentioned James Comer, you know, he has issued this legally binding subpoena uh, last week for the FBI to turn over uh, files on the Bidens. And I, I'm not sure what's happened. So I well, let me tell you something. I, I, legally binding. What does that mean? You know what that means? That means if the person to whom he has issued the subpoena doesn't comply with it, 
he has no enforcement power. He's got to get the Justice Department to enforce it. And let's talk about the. You du- think that's dust- gonna? Yeah, I mean, no, in right. other words, there is no, there is no House police. The 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 the, the House of Representatives have no police powers. They can issue subpoenas as long as they want to. But why is it nothing ever happens? Because the people that are supposed to enforce it don't do their job. Yeah, so I, yeah, it, to that point, how has the Department of Justice been investigating fingers? You see my fingers sure. going, yes. Um, Hunter Biden for... They can't see that, Missy. But you have to describe. <laughs> fingers, <laughs> like quote, a quotation, unquote. Quotation mark. They've marked. been investigating okay. Hunter Biden for years, but nothing has been done. And yeah. he's still just cruising around doing this thing i mean the only thing. reason okay now you know what's gonna i think so this, I, I think the town hall was literally to get you chewing on something else well that's fine but here's the thing it helped trump it, it actually completely helped completely helped trump and and if they want to steal an election this time they're gonna have to work a lot harder because it, it people will be watching if the voting machines are indeed changing votes which they did you know, and the reason I know that this happened is how shrill the Democrats are at saying there was no fraud, Mr. President. There was no, you know, whenever somebody, uh, who was it that just said the other day, I, I heard them, oh, it was in my church uh, at my, my, my sermon of my pastor. He said, the louder someone yells, quite often the less convinced they are of their own uh viewpoint and so the bottom of my my wife's looking at me like hey i'm gonna use this one uh say what did you see any looks missy i, I am completely i you, don't even think i was yeah, i don't even were, think i was you were looking at, at the your door. phone by oh, the way i wasn't looking his direction either. yeah anyway I but think the, it might the be point a guilty i'm trying to, no actually, actually i was the, looking at some comments on on the uh on the town hall and this i thought this one was interesting it said cnn executives actually thought they would make trump look unelectable that 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 they felt that that was the that was the piece of the whole it. point yeah and it said it, and exactly the opposite and, happened well now what they're doing and you have the Joe Scarborough, that's the guy I'm thinking of, Joe Scarborough, Anderson Cooper, out there coming out with these ad hoc, supposedly, I think they're totally scripted, comments about, oh my gosh, can you believe that this happened? Anderson Cooper saying, you have every right to be outraged at CNN. And what he's really saying is, you should be outraged at CNN for giving trump a platform that's what he's saying don't be outraged at cnn for being the way it is be outraged because we gave this guy a platform who tried to destroy our democracy nobody uses that word democracy like the democrats do and guess what we are not a democracy They don't want to use the word republic, but that's what we are. Otherwise, we would be having a plebiscite of we'd be going to the voting booth once a month to vote on every measure that comes before Congress. That's why we elect our representatives to vote on our behalf. And that does not constitute a democracy. That is a republic, and the Democrats have tried to tell people that what we have is a democracy. It's not a democracy. 
uh, the woman that's vice president that that has speaks weirdly. She always says speaks weirdly. We talking about Kamala. Always, yeah, she always calls it a democracy. She, they all do, and and I and some of the Republicans do too, and it's a misnomer. She speaks weirdly. I mean, if I ever hear Andy Barr saying it, I tell him we're not. You know better yeah, than that. Right. I'll, you know, you're, we're not any. D- I keep democracy. this on my phone. I keep this on my phone. I think I've, I've read this before, but democracy. In a democracy, the majority rules. If the majority decided they wanted your bike, they could take it. That's right. In a republic, your bike is your property, and you do not owe it to anyone. It cannot be taken against your will by law. America is a constitutional republic. Yeah, you got it. It's not a democracy, and that is, that's that's where they're lying, and they're doing it on purpose. They know the difference. But this idea of trying to destroy our democracy, because they think people are real stupid, and some are, and, and some can be so easily swayed. It's amazing. I was uh, fishing with a guy recently, and he starts going on about, I don't want to see Trump in there. I'd rather see Mike Pence or Chris Christie or, or one of the, and, 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 or DeSantis. And, and I said, have you seen how miserably these guys have been performing lately? with the real spotlight on them. I mean, it's, do you keep up with these things? You know, I'm well aware that there are some people that don't read a lot of the media we read and they get it from us, but you should fact check us. I think that it's lack of, it's not stupidity. It might just be believing what they are told. They're, or they're just lazy. Oh, stop. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You keep calling me. My name is Tom Dupree. Rarely in my time in the investment business have I seen the kind of opportunity I see today. I'm talking about interest rates, which I believe will be going significantly lower in the next 18 months. I believe it's time to lock in longer-term rates now. Short-term rates on money market funds, bank accounts, and CDs can drop dramatically when rates begin to decline. Don't be lulled into complacency. It's time to invest to establish your yields for the long haul. At Dupree Financial Group, we specialize in retirement investing. Let us help you by calling 859-233-0400 and setting up a complimentary meeting with us to examine your investment portfolio. Listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Uh, Mr. Samples, I understand you caught a big bass on Lake Lanier. Well, he was a pretty good size. Didn't he? How big was he? 22 pounds, 9 ounces. 22 pounds and 9 ounces. Well, the world's record, of course, is 22 pounds and 4 ounces. I believe you'd have one 5, five ounces over that. Well, uh, I thought he's 25 pounds something. I mean, I took the fish home, brought him home, clean him, need him. I didn't, I didn't know that, uh, well, I never thought about being nothing like that. I mean, I didn't think I had no record. I know that I had a record, but I didn't think I did on the fish. Did you measure him? Yeah, 32 inches long. Where'd you weigh him at? Well, I don't know. I was drunk. 
we weighed him Somers, and they didn't nobody dispute the word. For they, everybody asked how much he'd weigh, and I'd just tell them how much he weighed, and, and then, then nobody offered to weigh him again. I showed him all over the county. I reckon I did. I think I did. Many people saw the fish then. Uh, they, yeah, there's plenty of people seen the fish. What'd you catch him on? A little bitty spring lizard. A little bitty white-bellied spring lizard. What kind of tackle was you using? Using a Zebby Cole 33 with, I think, a 12-pound test line. It's 8 or 12, and I'm not sure which. But uh, he didn't put up much fight as a 2-pounder would. He just... After he come up and stood on that tail and chuck that head about three or four times, he just turned over on his side and just drug him right on in. He jumped? He jumped once then, you say? One time, yeah. That's all. Where, what area of the lake was he fishing in? I was fishing about a mile. Below Welcome back to the Tom region. Dupree Show. About a mile down this is uh, Junior Samples. And the reason I wanted to play that uh, is because this was the very first. You got to pull it back a little bit so they can hear me. And I pitched my little outfit, that little 33 out. And I had some heavy equipment tearing the boat. Here's here's the, the reason the, that I'm playing this. I, is I just got back from Dale Hollow Lake. Put big and um, and get ready for big bass. You just cut that back. And Dale Hollow is a remarkable place. I like to go down there as often as I can. I've been about six times in the past year. And I go with a guide whose voice and vocal patterns sound exactly like this guy. This was, of course, Junior Samples that used to be on Hee Haw. And he was a guy who um, really became an a, a overnight celebrity when he got on that, that TV show. And um, he's talking about a bass that he never caught. It was supposed to be a largemouth bass that was 22 pounds and 9 ounces. Of course, the record for largemouth is 22 pounds and 4 ounces. And But this is the kind of stuff you hear around fishermen. And we fished at this place called First Island the night before last. And there is a little hoot owl that flies down when this guy, Jeff, is fishing there and waits for the shad minnows to come up so he can grab one. It's amazing. And this same owl has been coming to this same place for 15 years. You know, there's a big world out there of nature, and it doesn't have anything to do with what we're doing around here. It operates independently of my little plans that I think are important, or what's in my bank account or your bank account or whether we're doing business or not doing business. And that's the fascinating thing when you get out and take a look at these things. Now, we're going to have uh, the uh, one of the candidates for governor, Ryan Quarles, is going to be on the show uh, at the beginning of the 9 o'clock hour. And... One thing I will notice on on I did notice on the way back I drove through the little towns of Albany and Monticello, Kentucky, 
and I noticed a whole lot of uh, Kelly Craft signs and a lot of Ryan Quarles signs. None of the other candidates. No Demo- nothing for Bashir at all. So it's interesting in Kentucky politics who's playing, you know, the ground game, who's actually out there talking to people in these little counties. I happen to believe that the that the uh, rural candidates will probably show up, or the rural voters may outvote the uh, the um, um, urban voters. Because I don't believe there are that many Republican voters in the urban areas, and most of them are probably going to forget to go out and vote anyway. So that's my belief. What do you think? I don't know. Well, we, let's, we, we can get into that on the second half of the 9 a.m. Yeah, hour. We're going to get into yeah. it then. But here's back to this thing that we talked about with uh, Trump just a few minutes ago. I call it the beach ball. Um, uh, thing, the the harder and the longer you try to suppress a beach ball in a in a swimming pool, you know how it is. You've been around swimming pools with kids. You push a beach ball down. You try to hold it down, and finally it'll roll out and go shooting up to the <laughs> surface and comes <laughs> flying out. And it's there are other things like that that the more and the the harder you try to suppress it and push it down, you know, it's going to make a, a a stronger push out through some other crack. And this is what our media, I think they are so stuck, and this is a lot of people in this country, they're stuck with this template of how they think the country needs to be and think, and it's got to go along their little lines of the way they do things. And if it doesn't, they just get more uh, nervous and uh, hysterical about the fact that people would, you know, uh, and, and they are not happy people. These are not people that are content with how things are, if things are not working the way they want them to work in this country, and you have a lot of people that have certainly tried to reform it and change it, but it's not reforming and changing very well. Well, that's kind of a nice way to segue over to another piece of information that, you know, just happened this week, which was the end, it's official, the COVID-19 public health emergency expires, expired yesterday. Yeah. And also it includes... Um, which I think is real interesting, the law ends Title 42, which was a Trump-era policy that blocked aliens seeking asylum from crossing over the U.S. border. And funny, not really funny, actually, not really funny at all, the Daily Caller reported um, that uh, in, you know, New York City, New York City's mayor pleads with private property owners to house migrants as Title 42 ends. Yep. Well, he can't get the... People, we need your help, he says. He cannot get the people in D.C. to relax uh, the influx. He or he can't get Mallorca just was doing a press conference the other day and just walked away from the podium. This is the guy that's the head of 
uh, he, home, my, Alejandro Mayorkas, uh-huh. the head of DHS. I guess that's what he's the head of. He just walked away from the podium. They were asking him all these questions and just said, thank you very much, and took off after he made a brief speech. But it, he, they bear, they don't give you any, uh, they don't even pretend to be in administration. And I was watching Fox News, which I don't really watch much, but I did. And the, the woman was on there. I think her name's Sullivan or something, or Faulkner, Faulkner. Um, and she asked the, the, the border guy, she said, do we still have sovereignty as a country? And he said, I don't know. Now, that's the thing that is so amazing and treasonous about these leaders is that they will not protect the sovereignty of our country. That's the part. And and these left-wingers, all they can do is scream about Trump and how bad Trump is. <coughs> and meanwhile, their own administration is allowing the sovereignty of this country to disappear. That's amazing to me. Well, what uh – I was looking at over 2.7 million migrants have been expelled at the southern border under the policy, under the 42. So now you look at what's going to happen on days going forth. I mean, yeah, starting at midnight. Yeah, midnight tonight. This, no, not tonight. It was this, we're recording on Friday. It happened last night. That's right. That's right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Well, and you think about all of the time and effort um, with the, with the health emergency expiring. Yeah. All the data that was required to be the insurance companies, oh the the cases, the you know it was it was um it's the, the communities, the hospitals, the the testing facilities, the, all of the paperwork and human effort that was required to keep this COVID machine going for the last three years. U.S. border communities, and this is even on CNN. U.S. border communities declare disasters as Title 42's expiration sets the stage for a migration rush. With tens of thousands of migrants massed in northern Mexico, the expiration overnight of the U.S. COVID-era border restriction, known as Title 42, has American border communities on edge, worried an already challenging humanitarian crisis will worsen as... uh, as crossings climb, we're boarding up like there were a major hurricane coming. Think about it. Uh, the South Texas counties of Cameron and Hidalgo issued disaster declarations ahead of the order's expiration at 1159. But that's the punch, Tom. Thursday. We don't have to sit there and think about that right now, today in Lexington, Kentucky. Well, but, the, but the, the people in the Republican bo- guys the, said that. Every community is going to become a border community. The border, but the it immediately affects those border communities, and then eventually, as they are moved through the system, you know, uh, we had the we had the opportunity to talk to a border a retired border control yeah. uh, individual some some time ago. Um, stories were fascinating, and I know. and and and. and I said, you know, we're sitting here in Lexington, Kentucky, and seem, you know, seemingly are insulated, and we're not. We are definitely not. No, insulated. especially not in Lexington because they bus people in. You know, they bus in homeless people to live here. I, I'm seeing all kinds of faces now of people uh, that 
in downtown Lexington, sometimes I've seen the same people over and over again. I'm seeing people that uh, I've never seen before. And, uh, you know, and I don't know where they're coming from, but, you know, our mayor and city council, they don't care. I mean, you don't see the paper doesn't say anything. The paper does not report on anything that's really going on in Lexington. And the city council, something happened that was interesting. Went to a meeting last year. I I just kind of quit going for a while because I couldn't take it. But there had been a shooting out in the open right in front of the courthouse, like earlier in the day. And we said something about it, and they kind of went, ah, you know, we're over here in this building. We, you know, we don't know anything about any shooting. It was as if they were so blithe about what they were doing, and they're completely removed from what's really going on in this city. And the mayor, I don't think she has a clue. She is told what she's told, and that's pretty much it. Well, I thought it was a little alarming, and I think we've talked before. I'm a downtown, I'm a, I'm a city dweller, yeah. um, and we had an by issue. Choice. By, by choice. Cho- oh, absolutely, by, by choice. choice. But by there, choice. Was a, there was an incident in our building uh, where the police were called uh, just to, to invest, you know, to, to talk to the property management, and the property management felt the need to send an email to all the residents saying, and I, I try to quote, quote unquote, that the Lexington police, these, these members of the police department told the property management to please tell the residents to be careful because this summer, particularly when the weather got warmer, that surrounding counties were busing in their at-needs populations because... Lexington was better equipped to deal with it. Yeah. And that we were going to start seeing, you know, new faces. You, you just said new faces, but new faces on the sidewalk and downtown. And I, I have certainly seen that in the last several weeks as the weather has started to warm up. Yeah. And, and, and if this aggressive panhandling. Yeah. The, the thing is, it's all interrelated. Every bit of it. The fact that there's this relaxation at the board. It's, it's a top-down thing in our country. People look up to leaders. They may not like leaders. We know when we had Trump, we had a real leader, and we had a lot of people that hated his guts. And that's typical because lots of people really don't like authority figures. I mean, they're, they're very resistant to it. And I get it. I've been that way in, in my life in the past when I was younger, but I, I kind of grew out of it. Because I understood that being an authority figure was a very difficult thing. It's it's hard. It it uh, it actually taxes you and knocks you down and discourages you in many ways. That uh, the average person who doesn't ever stand up and take authority doesn't know. But I I have to believe that what we're seeing in the, in our country right now it's it's a it's a cleansing process. We have to go through all this stuff and, and have these liberals basically smash everything in sight until people can decide, do you really want to live this way? Uh, do, you, do you want your country to be like this? And then you maybe make a decision, no, we're going to change our leadership, or no, we kind of like it this way. We like it, everything being torn down and, not running right and and just being screwed up. 
So I don't know. <laughs> you like it that I, way? No, I don't. Well, and I also don't think that you can. We we've talked about this before when. Um, Back in some the local elections, um, I remember Rock Daniels being on and being very overt about a, a lot of the uh, gang activity, yeah. which many residents don't seem to realize is going on. Really exponentially uh, grown in Lexington. They don't want to see it, and uh, that is that, that would that's that's that would be a huge problem. Um, I was I was listening to a, a radio report a couple, just a few days ago talking about. Um, the cartel activity at the border and how people who are crossing over are paid and then sent to certain cities and they have to pay off you know their their what they owe to the cartel to get them into the United States and basically it's a it, I hate to say this but it's almost like a um, an employment plant you know to put people in place to for to further the cartels business interest which as you can imagine are is nothing that anybody would want to support with a huge drug well piece to that it's very sobering because if you're hiring someone that you don't know you don't know who they really work for maybe that 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 was that was kind of the actually that wasn't kind of that was definitely the the issue is that um you know these people are that they're being put into place for you know, for reasons that are, you know, rather nefarious. So, well, all right, let me, let's, let me back off. So I, I said something about this being the, the end of the COVID public health emergency. Um, and I kind of wanted to just talk about that if we have a few minutes, but, you know, you think about this for every other product, cars, food, toys, it's up to the manufacturer, right? To recall products. Right. To notify the public if there were defective parts or, you know, that... Um, Not with the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. So I, Not I, with that. I think this is, really, this is really interesting that, that we're not... And now, you know, we have these. Yeah. So if, if this whole... It's interesting. This whole health emergency is over and, you know, I kind of think, what now, brown cow, right? You know, and all those curious vaccine cards, you know, that... Well, another way to deal with it were, is give a million dollars to each political party so they can build their... Uh, you know, and if you give them enough money who's going to really come after you? You know what I'm saying? Well, I think that what most people don't understand is that it was, you know, you want to so, you want to so badly say this is, this is a Fauci thing. This is a, you know, how in the world did, did pharmaceuticals and Fauci, you know, do the, you know, build the, the build back better and the two weeks to flatten the curve, you know, how, how were they able to pull all this off? And what you, what you have to understand, they didn't, they played, they, they were paid to play a part. Yeah. I mean, Pfizer alone, 75 billion of taxpayer money to Pfizer. This is a company that's got a very dark history of offenses, fines, their whole, you know, I, I, it's. I think it's almost alarming that when people, if people I've heard nobody in the Republican Party of Kentucky say anything about the million dollars that they gave to the headquarters, I know. and and nobody said anything. I asked Andy Barr about it. He didn't have a single thing. He just wanted to change the subject. Well, because they, how much they money does he take from? They drug do companies? not want to talk about. There is literally volumes of research that have been produced showing exactly how our own Department of Defense produced this entire pseudo-legal structure to perpetuate 
the type of research they were doing, which is basically bio, you know, biomedical, I mean, it was warfare. Um, Terrorism. I mean, you think about, think about this. EUAs themselves were brought about in 1997, and they were done as like, uh, you know, you think about this, an emergency use authorization. And the reason why people thought it sounded good was it was for people with last-ditch cancer efforts. Right. So at the time, it sounded really good. Sure. But then just wait, right? Just wait. Yeah. So, yeah, just wait for the next hour coming up. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Missy Clifton. We'll be back in just a few minutes with the financial hour. Stay tuned.